0: Oh, my God. A very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is indeed a great joy to be here with you on these Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh program repeats those same days at 10 p.m. at night on our radio stations um and all of our audio platforms and there's all kinds of technology now that's getting in the middle of all this and i'm so excited I, i'm bursting at the seams to want to tell you something but i can't tell you yet <laughs> uh what a journey uh happy march right march came in like a lion last night how about that wind whoo and a uh, little nippy out today, but it's supposed to get warm, and spring is just around the corner, and Easter. And I just saw on on a news account here that the uh, state of Texas has um, discontinued its mask mandate, and uh, businesses open 100%, and um, yeah, I don't know, you know, things... Uh A lot different than last year this time. We were all shutting down, right? In fact, last year at this time, Cheryl and I were getting ready to fly down to the network uh, to be on Jim and Joy's program just before everything did shut down. So let's keep praying this thing away, right? (laughs) Just get it out of here. Uh, The vaccines seem to be having a a positive effect. And by the way, speaking of vaccines, um, real quick before we start our prayer, a little program note because we, we have gotten some questions on this um, about the um, moral aspects of the vaccine, those vaccines, and I guess, I, I believe the Johnson & Johnson vaccine uh, using a, a line from uh, stem cells of aborted uh, babies. Um, this coming Friday, uh, as one of our guests on Friday Live, we're going to have uh, uh, Ted Furton. He's a Ph.D. and an ethicist. And a director of publications uh, at the National Catholic Bioethics Center. And he's going to answer that question and those questions. In fact, if you have any questions for uh, Ted Furton, as I said, he's an ethicist at the National Catholic Bioethics Center. He'll be one of our guests on Friday. Um, if you have any questions, specific questions, I can't get to them all. So, you know, it's only a 15 minute interview, but. Um, maybe we can throw some his way. Uh, If you have questions, just email me, you know, jim at domesticchurchmedia.org. But we have had a lot of questions about this and um, the moral implications. You hear a lot of back and forth, a lot of discussion. So we now have uh, an expert from the National Catholic Bioethics Center joining us on Friday's program uh, to talk about that. Today, however, let's not jump too far ahead yet. Today, Uh, I am going to share with you some of our Holy Father's Angelus message from Sunday where he said, the Lord does not permit darkness to have the last word. (laughs) Right now, you know, a lot of us feel like we're in the darkness, right? We have been with this pandemic situation. But let's hear what the Holy Father has to say. And then uh, Thomas Akempis, who is uh, given—we're pretty certain, I mean, there's— Little bit of a question, but but given authorship of the imitation of Christ, uh, a little piece today that I found in Spirit Daily from Imitation of Christ uh, on the value of adversity. You know this Lenten season. You know sometimes we, and no, not just Lent, but any time we have uh, adversity enter into our lives. You know, as as Catholics, uh, especially those of us who. Uh, were, we're uh, schooled by the good sisters uh, many years ago, What do we say offered up. Well, we'll hear what Thomas at Campus wrote in Imitation of Christ about the value of adversity. So we'll do that as well. But first, let's pray, my friends. As always, I invite you to join me and all of our family gathered from uh, across our wide listening areas here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but also uh, joining us literally from around the world because of all the technology that we're using right now in reaching so many faraway lands Uh, through that technology. You never know who's listening uh, to pray with you and for you, so I invite you, my brothers and sisters, to join us right now in prayer uh, as we raise up these intentions to our Heavenly Father. And we've been praying, and we'll continue to pray, this beautiful prayer of consecration— Consecrating Our Families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. These are free to you. We want to give them to you, uh, courtesy of the Knights of Columbus. Uh, so you just go to our website at domesticchurchmedia.org and uh, just click on the prayer link, and the you see the, the, the uh, request form. And there's no charge. We don't charge you for these. We'll be happy to send them out to you, however many you, you like. And again, they are courtesy of the Knights of Columbus. I made a request back uh, in uh, January from some knights and knights' councils, and they very, very graciously agreed to send us uh, a few thousand. So anyway, we're getting them out to you. Uh, It's important we consecrate our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. And in this year of St. Joseph, which, by the way, as you know, we're uh, fast approaching the Feast of St. Joseph on the 19th of this month, Uh, so special year. um, And you know, we have to rise above the world. Uh, We're not to be of the world. We're in it. But we're not to be of it. And uh, the world is, you know, under the, the uh, as I said last week, you know, the, the, the Satan's fingerprints are all over this place, <laughs> this world, I should say. Not in here. We keep them out of here as much as we can. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's pray. And uh, again, uh, for all of your special intentions, we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O Saint Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work, we entrust our family to you. Holy family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, open uh, to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work and generous toward those in need may our home O holy family truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life amen and we'll pray our prayer to saint michael and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our lady holy father asks us to pray these prayers every single day to protect the church from the attacks of the devil and we've added to that intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil and also to protect our family from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, and not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us, Venerable Archbishop Sheen. Pray for us, St. Pope John Paul II. Pray for us, Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray for us, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit amen. Well, again, my brothers and sisters, thank you so very much for praying for us and all and, oh, how we need your prayers. You know, this apostolate, um, we've been so blessed over these many, many years. You know, today we're going to talk about the value of adversity. Well, <laughs> we have certainly felt that in the course of our long journey now. You know, this all began back in 2002, really, when we, when we first began to uh, feel the Lord calling us into work. So it's almost 20 years and uh, during those years we have certainly f- felt <laughs> adversity but you know the devil hates this work he hates the fact you're listening or watching right now he hates the fact you support us he hates the fact we're doing what we're doing uh and again our our role here is to uh, be that um, venue and now venues because there are so many different ways we're going out there uh, to get the word of god proclaimed boldly loudly uh, without compromise and uh, it's uh, we're on mission, and uh, we have more to do. There, there's there are other mission fields that are ripe right now. We believe, and we're going to uh, expand our reach uh, later this year. I'll share that with you, when I when the time is right, but we're working on that. Keep that in prayer, my friends. I am uh, very excited about this uh, next project that we're working on. Uh, it is something very special, and uh, how thrilled we are uh, to have a family like you who we know uh, your prayers really are the wings beneath our wings, the winds beneath our wings here uh, in our continued journey to be an evangelizing force in the media and how much we've grown. You know, I I'd really just have to uh, stop every now and then this morning when I came in. First of all, I was in the dentist chair most of the morning, but then I came here after the dentist and into the chapel and, and prayed and before the tabernacle and I just think about how many many blessings uh, the Lord has bestowed on us these many years and it's not always easy it's not easy right now we're we're right now in a very a serious financial situation um, uh, we had a couple of setbacks here and and we need we need to just get the word out to you uh, cast the nets um, that uh, we we. Uh, We need you. Uh, These these months, these past few months have not been, again, not good financially. We had a wonderful radiothon in December. But as I've shared with you, uh, that one hundred and forty four thousand dollars that we raised in December represented 50 percent of what we need for an entire year. And about forty five thousand of that had to go back into two thousand and twenty. to to pick up the slack in those months where we fell short, especially due to the pandemic. Pandemic. So it just, you know, it's one thing after the other. It's not easy. One thing the Lord has taught me, though, is to remain faithful, uh, to not worry, because he always sends us special angels (laughs) and, uh, like yourselves, benefactors who, out of the blue, come up with something exactly what we need at the time. So... Anyway, we we're praying about that and what we need to be doing over the next couple of months as well uh, to uh, help our financial situation here. And, and it's not just us; it's everybody. Parishes, churches, dioceses, nonprofits in general have really felt a hit over these this, this past year because of this pandemic. We were in you know very good shape leading up to. Remember last year at this time, we were getting ready to have our spring radiothon the first week in April, and that, if we had done that the way we always did it and there was no pandemic, we would have been fine. But it didn't happen that way. We had to postpone it, and we had to postpone it until December, and meanwhile those months, uh, you know, just fell short. So anyway, just pray for us. We need this apostolate. We need this gospel proclaimed the way domestic church media has been so blessed to be able to proclaim it every day, 24-7, and we want to keep doing that, and as I said, we're growing. So there's a lot to do, a lot of work, and especially in today's world where there is so much confusion and there is so much adversity uh, and there is so much division um, and uncertainty, and sadly, people who are leaving the church, very sad. You know, We have to reach out and, and remind people that, look, this world is not— the end this is really just spring training <laughs> for an eternity uh, of life eternal life and where we spend that life is going to be up to us and how we live this life here so that's our mission my friends and i just ask you please pray uh, for people to again help us financially and, and thanks to all of you who do this on a regular basis we have so many wonderful uh, um, sustaining donors who monthly do a wonderful thing for us every month with their checks, and we appreciate that. But we do need more um, to, to, again, pick up the slack where we fell short over the past year. Or so keep that in your prayer, if you would. We really do need you. Also, you know, I, 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 along the, the, the road here of my journey, um, I've met many, many wonderful people uh, who have stepped forward and, and shared their gifts. And I, I just want to say we never really mentioned him, <laughs> this individual, um, but he has always been there when we needed him. Uh and that is our attorney, uh, Vince Manning from Manning Caliendo and Thompson in in Freehold, the Freehold Lawyers. Um for my goodness, now it's it's probably sixteen years. Vince has done our legal work, all pro bono, has never, ever charged us. And, and you know, there are certain times you need, you, need, you need a lawyer to get, you know, certain things done that have to contracts and things. And uh, Vince Manning is a wonderful uh, Catholic man, husband, father, um, knight of Columbus, I believe, and his firm, um, Manning, Caliendo, and Thompson in uh, Freehold. On Broad Street uh, he has been doing our legal work for as I said probably since 2005 uh, so um, and something came up recently where we needed his uh, services and uh, he steps right in for us so God bless Vince Manning and, and a wonderful attorney Catholic man with with just obviously you would expect just strong character and a fine legal mind and always there uh, so Thanks to Vince Manning, uh, our, our our attorney. He just does great things for us in Freehold. Um, all right, so let's do this. Let's go to the Holy Father from this weekend. This is his Angelus message. And, of course, this past uh, Sunday was the Transfiguration. Holy Father uh, reflected on the Lord not permitting darkness to have the last word. Uh, he said that it's important to remember when facing difficult trial that the Lord has risen and does not permit darkness to have the last word. He said, as uh, times at times we go through moments of darkness in our personal, family or social life, and a fear that is there is no way out. You know, you know, and I don't know. I, I didn't, you know, I I never really pre-plan all this. I just kind of, in prayer, let the Lord lead me. You know, usually on Tuesdays, I do share the Holy Father's Angelus message. But then I did see that uh, piece uh, from Thomas Akempis Kempis that we'll share uh, next uh, part of the program on the value of adversity. So uh, there may be many of you. You know, I, I know myself at times, and I, I speak, you know, in our own journey in apostolate, but even personally, uh, times when we feel frightened we're not sure we, maybe that we have great enigmas, as the Holy Father said, such as illness, the suffering of the innocent or the mystery of death. The pandemic has created, as you know, uh, situations where people are suffer, suffering financial stress, employment stress, um, uh, the fear of, of, of getting ill, because maybe or you or family members are in that vulnerable category. Um, the Holy Father said we need a different outlook, though, a light that illuminates the mystery of life in depth and helps us to interpret history beginning with this Paschal victory. The Holy Father uh, said that we as Christians are called to experience an encounter with Jesus so that illuminated by his light, we might t- take it and make it shine everywhere. He said, lighting little light, igniting little lights in people's hearts, being little lamps of the gospel that bear a bit of love and hope. This is the mission of a Christian. You know, you just think about that. Who was it, um, uh, President Bush, the elder President Bush, many years ago, talked about a thousand points of light. Remember that back in the 80s when he was running for president, talking about a thousand points of light. We need a kinder, gentler nation. My goodness, that couldn't be more true than today, right? Today, there's a lot of anger and hatred and uh, dissent and division and, and evil, really a lot of evil uh, in the world today. And especially our country, it's so divided in so many ways. And we as Christians mustn't allow ourselves to get caught up in that. We are called, as Holy Father said, to be igniting little lights in people's hearts, to being these little lamps of the gospel that bear a bit of love and hope. This is our mission on this earth as Christians. And the Holy Father pointed to the gospel account of our Lord's transfiguration on the mountain uh, shortly after he announced that he would be put to death in Jerusalem. Pope Francis said he transfigured before them, his face radiant and his robes shining, in anticipation of the image of the risen one. Offer to those frightened men the light, the light of hope, the light to pass through the darkness. Death will not be the end of everything. And that's the beauty of this Easter season that we're going to be entering into in just a few weeks. Now, Lent prepares us for the reality of, of that we are mortal, that we are dust, and we're going to return to dust. But the beauty and joy of the Easter season that we will celebrate and that we celebrate every year We celebrate it every Sunday, because every Sunday is a little Easter, isn't it? That death in this life, as Holy Father said, is not the end of everything, because it will open to the glory of the resurrection. I'm sure you all, having gone to Mass or watched Mass on Sunday, or the Vigil Mass on Saturday, heard wonderful homilies. We have great and wonderful holy priests in our diocese that we serve here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. The Transfiguration is a beautiful gospel account of our Lord glorified and what awaits us in the next life. You know, that we—I don't know if you heard this morning, Father Ricardo, we have on, of course, as you know, every— a weekday, Monday through Friday at 8 o'clock. Today he was kind of walking us through the Mass. And he was talking about God's desire to divinize us, to share in his life. And whenever we, we hear or read the account of the, of the Transfiguration, it's a reminder to us that we are created for that, We are created not only to be with Christ for all eternity, but to reign with Christ for all eternity. That transfiguration that Peter, James, and John experienced in seeing our Lord's transfigured body was a reminder to all of us down through the generations ever since of what awaits us in our own glory. And Holy Father in his uh, Angelus message, said, as the Apostle Peter exclaimed, it is good to pause with the Lord on the mountain to experience this preview of light in the heart of Lent. It's a call to remember, especially when we pass through a difficult trial. And so many of you know what it is to go through a difficult trial. Again, maybe there are some of you Everybody, probably every one of us, I'm sure. I don't think anybody's been exempt from some kind of trial throughout this entire pandemic. You know, as Cheryl and I, we share with you often that the hardest thing for us, the most difficult thing for us, the, the most painful thing for us is being separated from our family in so many ways, especially our children, but most especially being separated from our grandchildren. We, we FaceTime with them. We, you know, we FaceTime with them Sunday night. We were having a good time. And we've seen them, but we've been distanced and masked in their presence. You know, not the old days where you can sit on your lap and you can tell them a story or read them a book or get on the floor and play with them. Play. For us, that's been the hardest and most difficult thing. And those of you who are grandparents, you know, and I'm sure many of you are going through the same thing. It's just been very, very, very—but others, like, you know, I don't think there's anybody else, anybody listening or watching right now that has been exempt from some type of trial over the past year as a result of this pandemic situation. But Holy Father said that we need to remember that when we pass through a difficult trial, the Lord is risen and does not permit darkness to have the last word. Uh, you know, I've always been pretty much of a ha a glass half full kind of person. You know, optimist. Always try to see the bright side of things, looking beyond the present moment and saying, "Okay, but it's going to get better." I really believe that. I believe even the the, the, the pandemic situation is it's it's not going to be like this forever. It will get better. And I guess it's that 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 Easter anticipation that we have as Christians, even as we stand before the coffin of a loved one laid out having passed away from this life, the, the promise and the hope and the joy that we understand not to be a, 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 a fictional uh, Situation, but but something that is very real that that soul of that individual lives on beyond mortal death and enters into eternal life. That, again, the, the Easter story. And Holy Father said that in the journey of faith, it is common to stumble when encountering the scandal of the cross and the demands of the gospel which cause us to spend our life in service and to lose it in love rather than preserve it. The Pope warned against spiritual laziness, explaining that the Christian life is not just about experiencing a beautiful spiritual feeling in prayer. Jesus himself brings us back to the valley amidst our brothers and sisters and into daily life, the Holy Father said. Praying never means avoiding the difficulties of life. After praying the Angelus, the Holy Father asked for prayers for a number of intentions there. But <clears throat> this situation that we may find ourselves in right now, and that we all find ourselves in in, in the pandemic, we're not exempt from it. We, we all have to abide. I, I, I can't stand wearing those masks. I do it. We do what, we, what we're told to do, basically. You know, it's funny. We, when Cheryl and I went away— on vacation a few weeks ago, and we flew from here to Arizona. Now, we left here from the Philadelphia airport on a Sunday afternoon, and it was a Philadelphia airport with like a ghost town, nobody there basically. And the plane we were on flying from Philadelphia to, to Phoenix, I, I think that the flight attendant said there were 20 people on the plane. Now, you, you picture a, a major aircraft— and there were 20 people on the plane. You looked around and you couldn't barely see anybody. Way in the back, you saw some of a few people up in first class. When we returned to come home, the Phoenix airport was packed, packed. And you stand on those blue dots, you know, on the floor as you're waiting to check your luggage or check in or something. But you get on the plane and our plane, our flight coming back was filled. There, in fact, there were people on standby waiting to get on it. So you stand six feet apart in the airport, but you get on the plane and you're all shoulder to shoulder. This is, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, we we, we do what we're told to do. We, we abide by the mandates and all the other stuff. But I don't like it. I don't like going to mass with a mask on. It's very distracting to me, all these things. So we all and those are those are not real trials obviously there's so many more people who have lost loved ones uh, uh, through the virus and that horrible tragedy that is so some of you going through that type of 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 adversity and anguish it's been a, a horrible year but the lord does remind us that even in this season of lent you know, the transfiguration the story of the transfiguration gives us that light of hope that awaits us all that even though we are separated from loved ones in death in this life that we will be reunited and we will live forever there will be no death no tear no no separation this separation that we have with our loved ones is temporary we will see them again it's that's real that's true it's 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 not, you know, a supposition, it's not a possible just a possibility. It's real, it's going to happen. And so this season of Lent that prepares us for the joy of the resurrection, that prepares us for the light of eternal life, and what that means and what that brings to all of us, we saw through the reading of the Transfiguration on Sunday. And his Holy Father said that our Lord and his great love for us never permits the darkness to have the last word. That We may and will go through these dark periods, but our Lord will never permit that darkness to have the last word. So those of you who are listening, watching, maybe in that place right now, you know in your heart it's tough, very difficult, but know the Lord is with you, and he will not permit this darkness in your life to have the last word. Let's take a break. When I come back, We're going to go to, I found it in in Spirit Daily today, Uh, I go there occasionally, and it's a, a little piece out of Imitation of Christ from Thomas Akempis on the value of adversity. So stay where you are, my friends, there is more to come on Come to Me.
1: Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Ann Shields speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on domestic church radio Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day and the word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, today we need life. Have you
0: downloaded the Domestic Church Media app for all your mobile devices? It's free and enables you to stay in touch with Domestic Church Media and all we have to offer. You can tune into our live broadcast 24 7, as well as listen to our archives and podcasts. And you can even watch our local DCM programs live on our YouTube channel or watch the archive programs all on your phone or tablet. In addition to all things DCM, you'll also have so many other resources right at your fingertips. The free Domestic Church Media mobile app also gives you the daily mass readings, the liturgy of the hours, numerous common prayers and novenas, and daily saints of the day. And that's not all. The Domestic Church Media mobile app also includes the complete catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire Bible, as well as multiple Catholic periodicals and newspapers like the National Catholic Register, our Sunday visitor, and so many others. Plus, you'll have access to all our local diocesan newspapers and so much more. Go to your app store today and download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. We know you'll love it. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica.
1: We all have our little things about being faithful. Some of you have left the church, you know that? You thought everybody there was being a hypocrite. You might as well go. Everybody that goes to church is a sinner. And some of you have left the church because you think, well, this man goes or that woman goes and they have this bad life. I'm not gonna go. You go to church to receive the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. You go to give Him praise and honor. And you know why you go? You go because Sunday is the Lord's day, and you want to give it to Him. I know there's a lot of reasons why some of you have to work, or work night shifts, day shifts. Those are exceptions to the rule. But are we faithful in going to Mass on Sundays? You know, you give six days a week to your family, to yourself, to the world. Why can't we give one day to God? Isn't that strange how selfish we are?
0: The people you know and trust are on EWTN.
1: Hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live.
0: Two hours of talk, music, interesting and informative interviews.
1: We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune.
0: It all happens right here, Friday at 4 p.m.
1: That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations.
0: From Ambler to Avon-by-the-Sea.
1: Burlington to Bradley Beach.
0: From Yardley to Yardville. Athyn to Brielle.
1: Nashannik Station to Normandy Beach.
0: Princeton to Pendell. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back on this uh, lovely March second, uh, 2021. Uh, as I said, it came in like a lion last night, right? With all that wind howling outside, things blowing around. But that's March, and it will go out like a lamb. In fact, I think what what is uh, Easter is April fourth, right? I think Easter is April fourth. So the um, last day of March will be. Spy Wednesday.
1: Right.
0: Good Friday is the first of uh, second of. I'm sorry. Good Friday is the second of April. April second. Only Thursday is April first. Be here before you know it, and we'll be. Uh, Sean and I were deciding. We, we you know we're not good at planting things. Every <laughs> time we plant stuff outside, never seems to survive. But I've been into this. I've been really getting into cooking. I'm enjoying on Sundays making a Sunday dinner. I, so when Cheryl comes home from her, you know, her job keeps her out most of Sunday as a director of music, organist, choir director at her parish. So she's, she's out all day and comes home. You know, I have to have dinner ready. So I've been really honing my culinary skills. But I, uh, this, past, this past Sunday, I made veal And <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. As I get older, cooking. Anyway, I said we were talking about planting things, and I said let's let's plant some herbs like you know basil, parsley, oregano. So we just go outside and pick the fresh herbs for my spices for my my uh, my meals. And I, when Bruce was here yesterday, Bruce and Linda, because he's got a he's got a real green thumb. Bruce has tomatoes and all kinds of stuff in his property, and he has all kinds of he they they grow the. So I was getting expert advice from Bruce yesterday. But he's still going to have to pray for me because whatever we plant seems to die. So we'll keep you posted on that. I did mention to you, if you weren't here, um, this Friday on Friday Live, there's a fly. fly. There's a fly on the control board that can't even fly. Can you see that down there? It can't even fly. It's just walking. I'll leave it alone, but it's it's not long for this world. Um, This Friday uh, on Friday Live. Cheryl and I are going to have as our guest, uh, let me get the right email here because he just, he just answered my email, uh, Ted Furton, and Ted Furton is an ethicist uh, at the National Catholic Bioethics Center, uh, and there have been some questions about, I guess the first two vaccines that didn't apply, I'm not sure, I, I haven't kept up with it. But I do believe that the new Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine did use um, uh, a stem cell from an aborted baby. Uh, But we're going to talk to Ted Furton, who is an ethicist at the National Bioethics Center on Friday. He'll be one of our guests uh, to discuss that. What are our moral obligations and the implications of that? So he's he's written on that, and he's, he's given lectures on this. So he's going to join us on Friday's program, uh, I believe the second hour, uh, to talk about that. So spread the word about that. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation uh, with Ted Furton, an ethicist at the National Catholic Bioethics Center. And, of course, this Friday coming up is already First Friday, and that means that Bishop O'Connell will be here. I did uh, confirm that with him yesterday. He'll be here for his program, The Shepherd's Voice, at 3 o'clock on Friday. Cheryl and I will be here from 4 to 6. Uh, Bill and George with the uh, Brothers in Arms will be here at 6 o'clock. And then Father Steve DeLacy with the Vocation Hour. So I like when we have that lineup of some local programs for you on First Fridays. And all these wonderful volunteers, you know, they all volunteer to do what they do. And speaking of volunteers, I don't, don't want to—there's f- so many to thank, you know, along in the course of a year. But another— wonderful friend of ours um, who has done great work. I mentioned Vince Manning earlier, our attorney who does everything pro bono for us, Vince Manning uh, from Freehold is our lawyer. And he has for for 15 years, 17 years, I think has, has been there for us when we needed him and it's all pro bono. But another dear friend of ours who uh, every week, you know, when you send us uh, generously, send us your donations and you get a response, a reply in the mail, a thank you letter. And uh, our good friend Jim Conway, uh, for years, has been maintaining our database and uh, can, generates those thank you letters and keeps track of all of that. And he's been doing that again on a volunteer basis. And he's he's you know done outstanding work. Our our database, by the way, our vol- our, our donation database database is off site. It's not in our computer system we use a third party so that it's it can't be compromised at all so it's it's very very safe and secure but jim maintains all that and does all that great work for us as well so just our gratitude uh to people like jim conway vince manning people who are in the back behind the scenes who are volunteers and do outstanding work for us we couldn't do it without them and as we grow. There's so much to do. In fact, I've, I've been doing a lot of extra things here now in the st- in the station on our new project. That uh, it's a whole new ball game. So anyway, we'll talk more about that down the road. Let let's uh, let's go to um, Thomas Akempis. As I said, this is in today's Spirit Daily, or I, I found it today in, in the Spirit Daily. Maybe maybe it's been there a few days. I don't know. But this is an excerpt from Imitation of Christ. Uh, by Thomas Akempis, this devotional book that has been considered for so many centuries the, uh, one of the most influential works in Christian literature. And this was on, on the value of, of adversity. Now, we talked in the first half of the program, sharing the Holy Father's words from Sunday regarding the transfiguration and the darkness you know, that we all experience in the world. And here, Thomas Akempis shares his thoughts on adversity. He said, It is good for us to have trials and troubles at times. You may think, Why? Why? Well, he said, For they often remind us that we are on probation and ought not to hope in any worldly thing. It's good for us sometimes to suffer contradiction, to be misjudged by men, even though we do well and mean well. Have they ever been there in that situation? Oh boy, you know these days, especially I think you know when people communicate. We were talking with our was it Ann Ann Garrido who was our guest on Friday uh, on proper uh, rules of engagement when you're online. You know when you're when you're texting or emailing or writing comments on a Facebook page or an Instagram. It can be so misinterpreted because there's no inflection. There's no maybe even be a misspelling. How many times do you, I know with my fat thumbs I've had to go back and correct some of my words because or, you know, I, I ask a question and instead of putting a question mark, I hit an exclamation point and It seemed like an angry statement as opposed to an inquisitive statement. All these things, right? So we could be misunderstood very easily, misread. Thomas, the campus is misjudged. This is, this, is, this is a good thing. This could be a good thing, because these things help us to be humble and shield us from vainglory. When to all outward appearances men give us no credit, when they do not think well of us, then we are more inclined to seek God who sees our hearts. Therefore a man ought to root himself so firmly in God that he will not need the consolation of men. Didn't our Lord say that? You know, don't worry about what men say. How many times in the course of your life have you been misunderstood? You know, I anybody who, who does what I do on a daily basis, you get behind these microphones and you do live radio, live media, and you don't have written out what you're going to say. You just begin to speak. You have to pretty much control yourself to know that if I say this or do that or say that, this way, it may be misinterpreted. My intention is all good, I can assure you. When I come behind this microphone, my intention is always good. It's not to offend or hurt. Hey, how about Dr. Seuss? They're, they're, his books and, and Mr. Potato Head, he's going away. This is getting silly, this cancel culture stuff, Right. You never know. I mean, the way the world is going. I was talking with the director of communications for one of the local dioceses yesterday about YouTube. You know, and we have a YouTube channel. Every diocese has a YouTube channel. And we're seeing, you know, YouTube, which is owned by Google. They can cancel you anytime. It's like Facebook cancels anytime. Uh, Now, poor Dr. Seuss. Six books of Dr. Seuss are no longer going to be published And I don't even know what they are, which ones, and and why they're offensive. But Dr. Seuss, Mr. Potato Head, what what, what in the world is going on? But getting back to what Thomas at says, maybe we ought to, even that should make us more aware to root ourselves more firmly in God and not needing the consolation of, of, of men and culture. Thomas Acampus Campus wrote, and this is all from Imitation of Christ, when a man of goodwill is afflicted, tempted, and tormented by evil thoughts, he realizes clearly that his greatest need is God, without whom he can do no good. So think about that. You know, temptations will always come. And they come especially as you strive to work on your personal sanctification. How many of you can say ever since lent you know i gave up and i personally gave up bread for lent i don't eat bread or or any of those you know bread products no cookies no sweets nothing none of that no cake no pie and i'm making myself hungry i got to tell you that's that's a big that's a big sacrifice for me because i i love bread <laughs> i love i love taking a nice piece of italian bread and dipping it in a pot of sauce and whoa <laughs> A nice, big, fat sandwich. But how many of you, you know, in whatever your sacrifice is or sacrifices are in Lent, once you began that, began to feel, gee, I never really craved this as much as I'm craving it now. Don't you know the devil knows that? He may be tempting you, right? But there are even worse temptations than that, aren't there? And St. Thomas of Kempis says that when a man or a person of goodwill is afflicted, tempted, tormented by evil thoughts— You realize the greatest need is God, without whom we can do no good. He writes, saddened by his miseries and sufferings, he laments and prays. He wearies of living longer and wishes for death that he might be dissolved and be with Christ. Then he understands fully that perfect security and complete peace can never be found on earth. You know, you think about that, we're... This is a broken world. We're in a fallen state. We are of a fallen nature. We're behind the veil. You know, we, when we leave this world, because of, you know, it's because of the sin of our first parents that we're here in the first place. That's why our father sent his only son to come here and save us, because we're, we're created not for death. We're created for life. This is a broken place. This world is broken. That's why there's evil things happening in the world. You know, we, it, 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 the struggle is real, you know, to, to use a cliche. And the struggle is real because, because of the remnants of original sin with which we're all born, washed away in the waters of baptism. We still have the remnants of that, and we still then lean to the, to the direction of sin. As the church defines it to be concupiscence. We lean that way. So we, we struggle to right ourselves and lean to the good. But temptations will come, the world, the flesh, the devil. And St. Thomas of Kempis says, so as, as long as we live here, we can't escape this these things. Whence it is written in Job, the life of man upon earth is a warfare. Everyone, therefore, must guard against temptation and must watch in prayer, lest the devil, who never sleeps but goes out seeking whom he may devour, find occasion to deceive him. No one is so perfect or so holy, but he is sometimes tempted. Man cannot be altogether free from temptation. The devil never stops. And again, we don't want to give too much credit where credit isn't due because temptations do come regularly, frequently, (laughs) have been ever since we reached the age of reason and will until we are breathing our last in whatever state that may be. The temptations come from the world, the flesh, and the devil. But he's after you. He's after me. He he wants us to uh, break our relationship with God. He will tempt us. He knows our vulnerabilities. He knows our weaknesses. And he always comes at us at our most vulnerable point. He knows exactly when to strike. That's why it's always very dangerous for us to allow ourselves to be put in occasions of sin. If you know that you're going to be in a situation that may bring on a strong temptation, don't put yourself there in the first place. You know, And he may be trying to reason with you, and, and he's always lying to you. He never tells the truth. He's always looking for an occasion to deceive, just like he did with, Adam and Eve and he's been doing it ever since. But we're never going to be free from temptation. It's always there. Saint Thomas Aquinas says, "Yet temptations, though troublesome and severe, are often useful to a man, for in them he is humbled, purified and instructed." He said the saints all passed through many temptations and trials to profit by them, while those who could not resist became reprobate and fell away. There is no state so holy, no place so secret, that temptations and trials will not come. Man is never safe from them as long as he lives, for they come from within us. In sin we were born. When one temptation or trial passes, another comes. We shall always have something to suffer because we have lost the state of original blessedness. And it's a, a lifelong struggle, isn't it? It's, and it will be. We're always going to find ourselves faced with these temptations. And as St. Thomas Akempis says, that we're never safe from temptation as long as we live because the temptations come from within us. That's why they say even even images, you know, if you f- allow yourself to view an, an image that you shouldn't be viewing, an impure image, image of something that you know will tempt you, the image stays there. Even though you may Close the whatever it is you're looking at, the image is still there. So, the idea and the the key is don't look at the image in the first place. Don't allow yourself, and it's tough these days. You know, there's just so much um, impurity in the world and immorality in the world. And, uh, you know, if you're watching television or even driving down the highway and see a billboard, I mean, it's like, whoa. What are, what are we becoming? But St. Thomas at Campus says that when, when one temptation comes in this life and passes, another one comes right after it. And he said, many people try to escape temptations only to fall more deeply. We cannot conquer simply by fleeing, but by patience and true humility, we become stronger than all our enemies. And a key here, too, my friends, is the great sacrament of reconciliation, and we receive that sanctifying grace, we become stronger spiritually. It really does strengthen us. Frequent confession is important. Frequent reception of of Holy Communion is, is important because these beautiful sanctifying graces that we receive build up our immunity (laughs) If you want to call it that, since we're talking about immunity these days, you know the frequent, frequent reception of of uh, holy communion and frequent confession help build up our defense against these temptations. Just like anything, just like viruses are all over the place, right? Cold viruses, flu viruses, COVID, whatever it is. You know, we are vulnerable to those viruses, but God has given us an immune system to fight off these illnesses that could do us harm. And the sacraments on a spiritual level, by sanctifying grace, put in us, in our immortal soul, a defense against. Those temptations that will come our way, it builds up our defense. We become stronger, you know. And through as we strive to uh, become holier in this world, as we as we strive to build up our own personal sanctification in this life, through the reception of the sacraments and the graces that we receive, that builds up our strength against those sacraments. So temptations will always be there. Temptations will always come. They have been coming in our life ever since we, as I said, reached the age of reason and and understood right from wrong. The devil from that moment will say, okay, I want you. I want you. I want you. There's no getting around it. There's no avoiding it. I'm sure even the holiest of men and women living in monasteries in silence face strong temptations. It's inevitable. But as St. Thomas Kempis said, these things help to humble us, they instruct us, and they purify us. So there is value to this type of, of adversity in life, temptations, darkness, struggles, You know, they strengthen us. They make us see that the world is not where we're supposed to be. That our true uh, destiny, our true destination, you know, our ultimate citizenship is in heaven with Almighty God. And the devil can't stand that. He wants us. He wants our souls to be eternally separated from the love of God. The beauty of this time of year, of Lent, it reminds us of that, that we are all going to face death. We are all, in the course of our journey, will be tempted to sin, to, to fall away from God's grace. But to be strong in that and to get closer and grow closer and more dependent on God for that salvation that awaits us. Okay, I gotta go. Enjoy the rest of your March 2nd. I'll be with you again tomorrow, God willing, at 4 o'clock live here on these Domestic Church Media radio stations and all of our other platforms. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being a part of my day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.